Amen. Can we turn in our Bibles, please, to the book of Revelation, chapter 19, and it's to the verse 10, of course, of that chapter that we turn your attention this evening. We're delighted to be here with you tonight. We trust that the Lord's blessing will accompany us and be with us tonight as we come around his precious truth. Let's read this verse together again. Centering, of course, tonight very much our thoughts upon the last words of the verse, but it's a very important verse in its entirety, I think, a very practical verse uh, for us to look at tonight. Revelation chapter 19, verse 10. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See, thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren, that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. With God's word before us, let's seek the Lord, please. Just once more in prayer tonight, seek his blessing. Lord, we turn to thee tonight. We do ask thee for thy help. We do ask thee for the ministry of thy blessed Holy Spirit here in this place this evening. As we turn for these few moments to the word of God, we pray that thou wilt allow the light of God's truth to shine into these dark hearts of ours. Lord, we need in these dark days that illuminating light when all is confusion, when all is fear and dread and upheaval, and when the world is uh, in the midst of great change. And then are filled with fear and dread. Lord, we thank Thee that there's a sure retreat. There's a place of safety, refuge, a place of enduring calmness to be found in our God. Lord, we pray that Thou will draw us unto Thyself, still our hearts, Take away all of those distracting thoughts and close us right in here tonight with thyself. And minister to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The subject assigned for this evening's meeting is, of course, the spirit of prophecy. The very words themselves are found here in this text of Scripture. This verse brings the subject here before us. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It will not escape your notice, I trust, that the text before us this evening contains what has to be described tonight as very striking information. There's information given us to us here 
that we must pay attention to very carefully uh, this evening before coming to what is our main and our central theme this evening. I trust that as you study the portions of scripture that deal with prophecy that you find as I do that in those portions there are not only facts regarding the end times that we do well to give heed to but intermingled there you will find very practical very practical help in how to live in an ungodly day and I think that is uh, very significant I think of the book of Daniel many people I realise many Christians sadly write prophecy off as something that's not practical uh, and they set it aside and disregard it as, as if it's something they, they can forsake but we dare not forsake it and as I say in the providence of God and in the great design of God interspersed amongst those prophecies that he gives us in the scriptures you will find many many practical lessons in how to live for God how to go through with God in a day of evil and wickedness we think of Daniel as I've said we think of him in the lion's den we think of his three companions in the fiery furnace these are not just Stories to be taught to the young. These are living examples to show us what can be achieved for God even when everything is against us. And here in this verse before us tonight in this last book of the Bible the book of Revelation there is again practical lessons for you and me in these last times. Make no mistake about it. This verse is not here by accident. There's, there's not a, a verse in the Bible. There's not a book in the Bible. There's not a word in the Bible. There's not a syllable in the Bible that's there by accident. It's all being designed by God the Holy Spirit. Man hasn't placed it here. God has placed it here. And this verse 10, as I have said, as we come to it tonight, I just want to quickly stress just a number of practical lessons that lie here on the surface of this text. Because as I uh, studied out this subject, they impressed themselves upon my heart and upon my soul. We live in a day as believers when we need to have these lessons I believe burned into our hearts and into our souls look look at this verse look at this text observe it carefully and learn this tonight great men great men can and great men do fall into terrible sin 
when we would least expect it. Isn't that what we're taught here? Isn't that what we're taught here? John says, And I fell at his feet to worship him. John fell at the feet of the angel to worship him. John. John. As he's here filled by the Spirit of God. As he is here alone with God. God giving him wonderful revelations. Yet John in this place at this time. Yes John. Falls to do something that was contrary. To the revealed will and purpose of God. And the Bible of course gives us many examples. John is not alone. Who would have thought of the mighty David for example. Would ever be capable of the, of the, the sins that he actually committed. And note when in David's life it happened as well. So for John here in this place at this time in the midst of such wonderful scenes as are unfolding here who as they read through this passage was waiting for such a piece of information to come our way that he fell down and worshipped the angel. Yet that's what the Holy Spirit records. That's what we have here before us. But there's a lesson in this for you and me. How foolish. How foolish it is for us to follow men unquestioningly. That's the practical lesson. That's the practical lesson that we would be taught in this place. And let us put out tonight the challenge to Protestants as well. For this is not just an error that the Church of Rome has fallen into. Many, many Protestants do a very similar thing by so attaching themselves to the opinions of one individual, a good individual, a holy individual, a man perhaps even used of God mightily, but so attached to their opinions that they embrace that which is wrong. This is the practical lesson. We are not to be so attached to a man's position that we will bring ourselves into the place of error. You see, no human system can claim to be error-free. And when it does, or when it practically acts as if it is then very soon those feet of clay are discovered if John so suddenly and I think the passage brings this out this this was something happened suddenly if John 
so quickly fell into such an error, then who amongst us tonight can count themselves <coughs> immune from this danger? He that thinketh he standeth, take heed lest he fall. We learn then also from this verse generally here the value, the value of true friends and true counsellors at such occasion. John was blessed here because there was one with him who made his error known to him. And I think this is particularly an appropriate lesson for the church of Jesus Christ in these times. We read here, and I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou do it not. Those are wonderful words. Those are Tremendous words. And he said unto me, See thou do it not. Why are so many of God's people living in error tonight? Living in contravention of the will and the word and the law of God. Do we, have, do we not have to trace it back to the pulpit? So many subjects today, subjects dealt with by the Word of God, subjects clearly spoken about in the Scriptures, and yet from the pulpits of our land, what do we hear? Silence! Silence. Oh, but the example set in this place was followed in a practical way in the pulpits of our land today. I tell you, the state of our church, the the state of the believing church, would be very different. And he said unto me, he said unto me, when I engaged in this folly, he said unto me, See thou do it not! See thou do it not! Turn back in the book of Leviticus for we, we, we have the law that's carried out and practiced here established very early in the biblical record. If you turn back to Leviticus chapter 19 and the verse 17, you will see God ordaining and God blessing and God prescribing this very action. And, and the words are worthy of writing in gold tonight because they stand in such contradiction tonight to the the commonly perceived notion of what love is. Listen to what God says in Leviticus 19 and the verse 17. Thou shalt not hate thy brother. Mark that. Thou shalt not hate thy brother in thine heart. Thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. See, that's 
That's what we have carried out here in our text. Sin had come in. Had suddenly come into this scene. The Apostle John is stepping over the boundary. And the angel said unto me, See thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. Worship God. I see there is great value great value beyond human estimation in having friends around us who will tell us the truth who will show us our error who will point out our sin and our wrongdoing and and direct us in the proper path of God Look again quickly at this text generally here. Look back to what is said here and see how it is, and I think this is a very significant point, it is John. It is John from whom we learn this sad piece of his history. It's from John. We learn that he had entered into this error. And I fell at his seat to worship him. And he said unto me, John's writing these words. John is pointing out himself to be the sinner. Is that not something very outstanding today? John tells us himself that he had been misguided in this. He's confessing here to his own error. And and what does this show us tonight? This shows us a man, I believe, who is walking close with God for the closer we get to God the clearer we will see our own sins and the more ready we will be to admit our own sins it's as we go further away from God that our sinfulness diminishes I have heard Christians say on a personal level I've, I've, I've heard it from their own lips. I never say sorry. I never say. I've heard Christians say that. Indeed, there's a a principle abroad, even in the political realm, that it's a it's a sign of weakness. It's something you never ever do. We're told to admit that you made an error. That's a no-no. You must never admit to wrongdoing. 
Well, I say this evening, it matters not what the principle of the world or what the general practice of men in this ungodly age is. God and his word is showing us here a different way. And generally throughout God's word, he shows us a different way. And I'll go further tonight. God shows us a better way. God doesn't hide the sins of his servants. And as we see here, when his servants are brought to recognize the error of their ways, they readily, they readily admit to that and use that even for the help of generations to come. Think of Peter. Think of Peter. There's another example of one who, having erred, was recovered. And in later writings, in light of his experience, strengthened, strengthened the brethren. Our text then, tonight, is set here in the midst of the Apostles' rebuff. Our text tonight is part of the angel's correction of John at this time. He says, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And in coming here, we are brought to learn the value, the power, and the place that prophecy has in the great scheme and purpose of Almighty God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. In these words you will find that the whole aim, the whole thrust, the whole intent of prophecy is this, to testify of Christ. He is the center. He is the target that is constantly and continually aimed at. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And it is, it is the spirit's work indeed to testify of Jesus. The prophets spoke always. How did they speak? How did they declare what it was? They, they said it was by the Spirit. Otherwise, otherwise they had nothing to deliver. It was through the Spirit of God that they spoke of Christ. I think along with our text tonight, there are two other verses that we do well to memorize and to have uh, 
written upon our hearts and souls this evening. John chapter 5 and the verse 39 is one verse you must never forget. And marry it please in your mind and in your heart with our text. John chapter 5 verse 39. I'm sure it's a very familiar verse to most, but let's read it again tonight. Search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. They are they which testify of me. The Scriptures tonight testify of Christ. Then there's another verse that I want you to put down alongside these verses. John chapter 15 and the verse 26. And there we read, But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, He shall testify of me. Christ says, search the Scripture, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Here we're being told that the Comforter will come, the Spirit of truth. He which proceedeth from the Father will come. And what will He do? He shall testify of me. Of who? Of Jesus Christ. These, these are fundamental texts then when we come uh, to this matter of the spirit of prophecy. The aim, the object, the heart of prophecy tonight. We can sum it all up in that wonderful word. Christ, Christ is the center of prophecy. All scripture, including all prophecy, speaks primarily of Christ. Then, and this is pivotal, the role of the blessed third person of the Trinity, the Spirit of God, is to testify of Christ. Search the Old, search the New Testament. In both you will find the same Christ. The same Christ. It does not matter if you're reading the writings of Moses, Jeremiah, Daniel, any of the Old Testament writers. Or if it's Matthew, Mark, Paul, Peter, all prophecy of Christ, all speak of Christ through the same Spirit. Search the law tonight. Search the law tonight. And still it's Christ. Search the annals of the histories of Scripture. And and again there you will find Christ. Search the Psalms. And again it's Christ. The promises. And the prophets, they all, they all speak of Christ tonight. It hardly needs saying, of course, that the Gospels speak of Christ. Acts of the Apostles is the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It is the spirit of prophecy. 
the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And having stated this this evening, can we now dig a little deeper into this subject and discover something more specific about the testimony that the spirit of prophecy gives of Christ. What is the testimony tonight that the spirit of God in prophecy gives regarding the central figure Christ? Well, let me say first of all tonight that the spirit of prophecy testifies to the character or to the nature and character of Christ. That's one theme running through prophecy. That's one thing testified in prophecy to by the spirit of prophecy. The nature and the character of Christ. Let's look at some examples of that. Turn quickly over to the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah, the chapter 7. The book of Isaiah, chapter 7, and the verse 14. Isaiah 7, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Bear a son, and shall call... His name, Emmanuel. Therefore, the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. And behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call His name, Emmanuel. Of course, we have that referred to over in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1 and the verse uh, 23. And let's just read. What we have there in the New Testament, and it will help us tonight think or remember that we're thinking here of the nature and the character of Christ. What what is prophecy to say about Christ? Well, we're told here, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name, what? Emmanuel! John or Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Prophecy, the spirit of prophecy, testifies tonight to the very heart of Christ, to the very nature of Christ, God with us. That's the great testimony of Scripture this evening. Jesus Christ is God manifest in the place. Just stay with the prophecy of Isaiah, the chapter 9. The chapter 9. These will be familiar verses to you, but... I just want to repeat them here tonight because they are uh, central to this subject we're looking at this evening. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. There's his humanity. Christ, 
was really man. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Now listen to it. The mighty God, this child that is born, this son that is given, here in the very same verse is called what? He is called the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Here we have it in mystery it is, but it is the declaration of of Scripture. God manifest in the flesh. Zechariah chapter 13 verse 7 gives us these familiar words. The man, the man that is my fellow, saith the Lord of hosts. The man that is my fellow. And who's the speaker? Jehovah, the Lord of hosts. Zechariah chapter 13, verse 7. The man that is my fellow. The man. He was man, but he was the fellow of God. This, this, this is what prophecy tonight, the spirit of prophecy testifies regarding Jesus Christ. Let none rob from us the deity of the Savior. What about his character? Well, we could say much about his character tonight. Psalm chapter 45. Psalm chapter 45. Or Psalm 45, rather. Psalm 45, verse 7. See what, what we're told here regarding his character. We have seen his nature. Here's his character. Thou lovest righteousness and hatest wickedness. Thou lovest righteousness and hatest wickedness. Therefore God, thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. There's not much of that around tonight, sadly, in this old world. Oh, there's a love for wickedness. Oh, yes, there's a hatred for righteousness. Jesus Christ, as none other, loved righteousness and hated wickedness. He was holy. That's his character. It was a holy character. He loved all that was of God and he hated all that was of sin. He was filled uh, with wisdom. We go back again to prove this to the, to, to the prophecy of Isaiah, the chapter 11. This time, uh, the verse 2, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. And there we will read, and the, the, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. 
Here's Messiah. Here's the one testified to in the spirit of prophecy. He is filled with wisdom. He's meek and lowly. Isaiah chapter 42 and the the verse 3. Isaiah 42 and the verse 3. A bruised reed shall he not break, and a smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. He's marked by a meek and a lowly spirit. He's tender and compassionate. Just a few chapters back, chapter 40, verse 11 of Isaiah, chapter 40, verse 11. We read there of his tenderness and compassion. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall greatly lead those that are with young. He's patient. Because over in that wonderful chapter, that tremendous chapter of Isaiah, the chapter 53, and the verse 7, Isaiah chapter 53, verse 7, And he was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. All of these things, I tell you tonight, they mark out. And it's only a sample I give you tonight. They mark out the character of the one of whom prophecy and of whom the spirit of prophecy testifies to this evening. As the angel says here to John, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of, of prophecy. Here's his nature and his character. But secondly, I want us to see this evening as well that it is a testimony to the work and to the office of the Savior. What office does prophecy tell us that Christ fulfilled? What work is it that has been assigned to him? We're not left in the dark. The spirit of prophecy declares to us tonight not only who the Savior is, but what he has done. Can I sum it up for you in one word tonight? Redeemer. Redeemer. That's the testimony of the spirit of prophecy this evening to Christ. He is the Redeemer. If you go back to the oldest book in the Bible, to have that already declared. Book of Job. Book of Job, chapter 19. Book of Job, chapter 19, and the verse 25. 
Book of Job, chapter 19, verse 25. Here Job declares, in the midst of all his turmoil, in the midst of all his strife, external and internal that was going on around him, Job by faith could say, for I know, I know. So many, you know, tonight, and they cannot utter those words. So many very learned individuals, and they can't utter those words. So many tonight in the corridors of power. And if they were honest with themselves and if they were honest with everyone else, they would have to say it's true. We don't know. We don't know. Recently, and it's going on even yet, it's becoming clear that those in charge of the nation's finances, they really don't know. Governments are pouring in. Well, who can tell how much money? And when they're asked, is this going to work? Well, we hope so. But listen, listen. Here's a man, and to all intents and purposes, looking upon him as he is here speaking, and he has lost everything. Everything. Now, this, this, this is a crisis. Lots of things are termed crises today, and they're anything but a crisis. But in Job, let's be honest about it tonight. We can use that word with the assurance that this was a crisis in this man's life. But yet he could say here in this place, For I know... That my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. He knew something. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of prophecy, and the testimony of prophecy brings God's people into a place where they have a sure understanding and knowledge. I know that my Redeemer liveth, our prophet that we have been to so often tonight already, backs up old Job in Isaiah chapter 59 and the verse 20. Isaiah chapter 59, verse 20. And I only give you one sample of many verses. If you have a concordance, and if you don't have a concordance, get a good concordance and follow this word Redeemer through. You, you will have many things to, to pick up on. But here's, here's one example. Chapter 59, verse 20. And the Redeemer shall come to Zion. Christ, the Redeemer, shall come to Zion. And unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob saith the Lord. Christ is testified to tonight as the Redeemer. And he fulfills this office as our Redeemer tonight by being our prophet. 
by being our prophet. He, he illuminates our darkness. He brings understanding into our hearts and into our lives and into our souls. Do you remember what was said through the great man of God, Moses, and what was said to Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 18 and the verses 15 and 18. Deuteronomy, the chapter 18, verse 15. First of all, Deuteronomy 18, verse 15, And the Lord thy God shall raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me, unto him shall ye hearken. Verse 18. And I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren like unto thee, and will put my words into his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I command him. Christ is revealed to us as the prophet. As the prophet. He's revealed again as the priest. We have Isaiah 53. We'll not turn to it tonight, but those very familiar verses declare this truth to us this evening. That not only is Christ as our Redeemer is prophet, he is also priest. He's also priest. He has laid down his life for us in, on Calvary's middle tree. And he offers that sacrifice unto God. He is both priest and sacrifice. In Daniel chapter 9, for example, we read in the verse 26, those words, and after three score and two weeks, shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. Well, this is the revelation of the Spirit of prophecy. This is the testimony that is given to Jesus by the Spirit of prophecy. He is our Redeemer. He is our Prophet. He is our Priest. Praise God. We go on to finish it. He is our King. That's the testimony of prophecy tonight concerning Jesus Christ. That's what all prophecy aims at. Jesus Christ revealing him to us in his work and in his office. Oh, I wonder tonight, can I put this challenge out to this meeting? Do you know Jesus Christ as your own and personal Redeemer? Have you him tonight as your prophet, priest, and king? Or are these just things that you have as head knowledge? The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy in that it reveals to us, it shows to us the nature and the character of Christ. It shows to us the work and the office of Christ. But lastly, tonight the spirit of prophecy gives testimony also to the kingdom and glory of Christ. The 
the kingdom and glory of Christ. The rise and fall of other nations and kingdoms are certainly found in prophecy. You read your Bible, you will find many other kingdoms. Great, great kingdoms. In their day, magnificent kingdoms referred to. But this is the key thing. They are only and always referred to in their connection to the kingdom of Christ. They wouldn't be there if they had not some relevance, some connection to the kingdom of Christ. Because the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Because the central theme, the central aim in all prophecy is Jesus Christ. And that includes Christ's kingdom and his glory. And all other kingdoms that are mentioned, all other empires that are mentioned, are only mentioned as they have a relevance to Christ's kingdom. Now there are things said in scripture about Christ's kingdom and about his glory that differ greatly from all the kingdoms and all the glory of this world. There's one thing that marks the splendor and the glory of all kingdoms of this world. They don't last. They don't last. They're of very short duration. Not even that last great kingdom of man will be of long duration. All earthly kingdoms and all earthly glory is marked by brevity. Oh, that men would see this tonight. That they would understand this tonight. There is but one kingdom. And one kingdom only that is enduring. That is Christ's kingdom. Daniel chapter 7. Verse 14. Listen listen to the words. And child of God, believer tonight. Let these words sink down into your heart tonight. As the cold winds of unbelief and spiritual wickedness blow around you this evening. Here is comfort and consolation indeed. Listen to it. And there was given him dominion and glory and the kingdom that all people Nations, languages shall serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. Oh, please mark it tonight. His dominion, his kingdom, his rule is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. Oh, all the glory of this world is going in one direction. It's passing away. 
It's passing away. But his dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom shall not be destroyed. Christ's kingdom and his glory are enduring. They are enduring. Zechariah, the chapter 14, and with this we'll close. Zechariah chapter 14, the verse 9. Verse 9. And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day shall there be one Lord. And his name one. What a wonderful day that will be. What a wonderful day that will be. What a tremendous day that will be. Jehovah shall be king over all the earth. In that day there shall be one Lord and his name one. The testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. Here we have come tonight to the heart, to the core, to the central aim and objective in all and every prophecy. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ in the glory of his person. Jesus Christ in the glory of his work. Jesus Christ in the glory of his kingdom. Let's leave tonight this meeting with an intense desire to know more of this prophecy. This testimony that's given by the Spirit of God to Jesus Christ. Thereby we shall be armed. Thereby we shall be fitted for the battle of life and equipped for this day and generation. But tonight, to any who perhaps are in this gathering outside of Christ, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. God the Holy Ghost in this book has written of the Redeemer. He has revealed the Redeemer. And through the preaching of Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God is speaking. He is striving. He is still bringing that message to your heart. Well, tonight, are you going to resist the Spirit? Are you going to bow to the Spirit? That's the challenge that faces you. May God tonight challenge your heart. And may God tonight bless His Word to our hearts for Christ's sake. Amen.